Welcome to this Friday edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In today's show, Taylor Charleston will have a report on avocado irrigation strategies for drought-stricken growers in Southern California. I'll have regional and national agricultural news headlines beginning with regional ag news right after this. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Karen Ross toured the food bank of Contra Costa and Solano counties in Fairfield recently. Joel Sistrom, the food bank's president and CEO, invited the secretary to get a closer look at their new warehouse facility, the largest expansion in their history, featuring a brand new 104,000 square foot building. He conducted the tour along with operations director Hisham Hamdi and Steve Brazil, founder of Sunterra Produce, long-time donor. They've just completed work on the 8,600 square foot cold box or 704 pallet positions that will enable them to triple their produce, dairy, and protein inventory. The site serves half a million clients in a month between the two counties as well as 16 other counties across Northern California. The new water year has begun for California. The water year runs from October 1st to September 30th. It is the official 12-month time frame that water managers use to compare hydraulic records. As the new water year begins, there are concerns about the fourth year of extreme drought. CEO of the Fresno County Farm Bureau, Ryan Jacobson, says farmers are hoping a water year looks a lot better than it did the previous year. He says we're not just down a little. The years 2020 to 2022 are the driest that they have on record in the valley. A significant ag acquisition is taking place in California. Fresno-based Fowler Packing Company has acquired SunWest Fruit Company in partnership with Ag Partners Capital. With this deal, Fowler adds over 10,000 acres of farmland to its operations with new access to coveted water districts. Given the significant headwinds facing California agriculture, they are constantly evaluating how they can better support retailers, partners, consumers, and employees, according to Justin Parnigan, Chief Executive Officer. He says it is the largest acquisition in Fowler Packing's history and represents a historic moment for the family-owned company. The acquisition of SunWest is part of a long-term strategic plan to further strengthen Fowler's position in the citrus category and California agriculture, according to a press release. The deal will increase total mandarin volume, expand citrus offerings, and enhance Fowler Packing's capacity while creating opportunities for current and future employees. As they continue to grow, they remain committed to the values that have have gotten them to where they are today, according to Parnigan. They will strive to have the best quality product, be a strategic partner and a preferred employer while farming responsibly and sustainably. Since its launch in 2019, Fowler's Peels brand has experienced explosive growth. The brand has continued to significantly grow its market share, increasing sales in the last year by over 60%. They are sold in more than 12,000 stores throughout Northern America. 
The California Table Grape Growers Association are taking action to help Valley students pursue higher education. California Table Grape Growers are offering three types of scholarships to graduating high school seniors. These scholarships are for field workers, their families, and students interested in studying agriculture. Three of each scholarship are available for a total of nine. Out of the two farm worker scholarships, one is for $14,500 for seniors interested in attending community college. The other one is for $25,000 for students interested in a four-year college. Applications are available online at the grapesfromcalifornia.com website. The applications are due in February. The Alameda County Board of Supervisors on Thursday, October 13th, voted to delay the hearing of a Friends of Livermore appeal to overturn the East County Board of Zoning Adjustments approval of a solar farm near the San Joaquin County border. The postponement requested by FOL representatives will enable county staffers to provide the grassroots organization with documents and emails the group requested in late September. FOL believes that several hundred pages of documents might be pertinent to its case to prevent Soltage LLC from placing 400 photovoltaic modules and panels across 12 acres of open space near the Grant Line Road and Great Valley Parkway. FOL is opposed because they believe an approval by the supervisors of the development is not a permitted use. The 4-0 vote shifted the hearing to November 10th, a date FOL members and a supervisor suggested was enough time to review the material, all emails between county planning staff members and Soltage officials. In California Citrus News today, at an October 12th meeting, the California Citrus Mutual Marketing Committee, comprised of growers, shippers, and marketers, said they were expecting a naval orange crop approximately 10% over the previous season's utilized production. At below average, the upcoming season crop is expected to be very similar to the previous season with excellent fruit quality and sizing. Preliminary maturity tests showed that the crop is progressing very well with high sugar content that well exceeds the California standards for sweetness. The committee also reported that the mandarin crop, including clementines, tangos, mercots, and other seedless varieties, is progressing well in terms of quality and fruit size. The committee estimates that the mandarin crop will be up by as much as 30% over the previous season, but still well below average production levels and nearly 30% below the 2020 to 2021 record-breaking large crop. Offsetting the good news is higher production costs. The cost to grow and ship California citrus has more than doubled in the past 10 years, according to CCM. Since 2020, growers' costs have increased over $1,000 per acre, and in the last year alone, costs have gone up 25% with fertilizer, fuel, and water being the main drivers. They also expect higher costs on the packing and shipping side this season, largely due to increased transportation and labor costs. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. On September 28th, avocado growers gathered at the San Diego County Farm Bureau offices for an avocado irrigation workshop facilitated by Ali Montazar, University of California Cooperative Extension Irrigation and Water Management Advisor for Imperial Riverside and San Diego Counties. San Diego County used to be home to nearly 25,000 acres of avocado trees, but today there are about 14,000. The drastic decrease is largely due to rising costs associated with avocado production, namely the cost of water. The region faces uncertain water supplies, uh, mandatory reduction of water use, 
and the rising cost of water, I think that's the main driver here. The Colorado River is experiencing a significant water shortage. And this might impact the water supply source for San Diego County from the Colorado River in the future. We don't really know how serious it will be in the future, but we expect some, some uh, real issues in the water supply. Now, I think we need to keep in mind avocados are evergreen high water use trees. We learn from avocado growers in the region that more than half of their annual production costs are associated with irrigation water. And the water quality is another issue since avocado is one of the most salinity sensitive crop produce in California, salinity of Colorado River water and some of the wells in the region is more than the avocado salinity threshold. So therefore, uh, efficient and effective irrigation management is very critical to ensure optimal yield and high quality avocados fruits using this limited and expensive water uh, sources. For some avocado growers in the region, water can make up over 50% of annual production costs, making meeting the needs of trees challenging. The research Montazar is conducting is the first of its kind that the University of California has carried out specifically in avocados. His presentation during the avocado irrigation workshop allowed attendees the opportunity to see and learn about the technologies being employed from soil moisture sensors to the California Irrigation Management Information System level equipped station. San Diego's avocado production is primarily managed by small farms and according to Montazar, this adds a level of complexity to water management because there's a greater emphasis on irrigation tools and strategies being user-friendly and cost-efficient. You may need two sets of soil moisture probe for a, a five-acre avocado grow and need about six sets of those probes in a 70-acre uh, orchard. So clearly your cost per acre for, a, for soil moisture probe in a five-acre avocado is much, much higher than larger acreage. On the other hand, uh, these small farms are located mostly in hilly areas and because of more variabilities on the sloping orchards, efficient water management has a higher level of complexity. For example, irrigation scheduling a south-facing grow is different from a north-facing grow, even though all other factors are exactly the same. So that's, I think, that's the main issue and complexity level of water management in this uh, farm, a small farm avocado grows in San Diego County. Given how water availability has been in recent years and that situation likely not changing, the time to adapt to new methods to better use the water we do have is now. Montazar will continue to focus on this research for one of the state's most popular and lucrative crops. We will hold the same workshop uh, in Ventura County in the next few months and we'll develop and conduct a robust training program in southern and central parts of uh, the state. In the meantime, our plan is to uh, continue this study, irrigation study. We will develop user-friendly irrigation tools and information that can help small farm growers we will also use our ground-based data to evaluate the satellite-based irrigation tools such as OpenET and IRISAT for avocado uh, production system in California. My hope is 
to have more solid data and, and tools developed for avocado growers over the next uh, couple of years. These tools definitely, and also the information, uh, will assist growers to irrigate their avocado grow more efficiently and effectively under different conditions and circumstances. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Chalstrom. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water-holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit phycoterra.com to learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with Phycoterra. The Office of the United States Trade Representative will pursue avenues to assist the Southeast seasonal produce industry in coordination with the United States Department of Agriculture. The announcement comes after members of Congress requested an examination of certain issues in a September 8, 2022, Section 301 petition. The 301 statute requires that USTR make a decision on whether to move forward with an investigation within 45 days. The statute also includes a private sector advisory panel as a specific response to export targeting. Although USTR could not conclude in the 45-day statutory period that a formal 301 investigation would be effective and is not opening an investigation at this time, USTR is moving forward with an advisory panel. USTR and USDA will work with the petitioners and producers to examine the issue raised in a petition and to consider any further actions that may be appropriate as a result. A 2012 change in school meal nutrition standards drove changes in the type of foods that schools purchased. USA's Economic Research Service released data this week that shows following the change in standards, schools obtain more fruits and vegetables through USDA foods and especially through USDA's Department of Defense Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Program. While there was no clear change in the types of foods chosen from 2006 to 2012, the percent of USDA foods entitlement funds used for purchasing fruits and vegetables from DOD Fresh rose sharply from 6.7% of total USDA foods in 2012 to 15% in 2017. Fruit obtained through the AMS, mainly canned and frozen, rose from 9.4%, a total of USDA food spending in 2012, to 15.4% in 2017. Vegetables obtained from USA's AMS slightly rose from 2012 to 2017, as the spending on fruits and vegetables increased the percentage spent on meat, poultry, and cheese dropped from nearly 74% in 2012 to 61% in 2017. Expanding drought intensity in parts of the nation this fall and winter could mean a potential rise in wildfires in some locales. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. Extreme drought conditions are expected to continue through this winter in places like the southwest and intermountain west, central and southern plains, and lower Mississippi River Valley. That per the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's 2022-23 Winter Weather Outlook. However, existing drought in places will enhance wildfire danger going into the winter, according to Brad Pugh of NOAA's Climate Prediction Center. 
One of the areas over the next couple of months that are likely to have enhanced wildfire danger will be the south central U.S., Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. We've had very dry conditions there during the past 30 to 45 days, seen an increase in drought coverage and intensity. So with that antecedent dryness, that'll be an area for high wildfire danger during the next couple of months. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Legislation introduced last week seeks an excise tax on the sale and export of water-intensive crops grown in the U.S. by foreign governments. Arizona Representative Ruben Gallego introduced the Water Protection Act of 2022 as Arizona and other states face prolonged drought. Gallego says that while Arizona experiences the driest conditions in centuries, their water is being given away in a sweetheart deal with Saudi Arabia. Gallego says that Arizona's aquifers are meant to serve Arizonans, and this bill will make that happen. The excise tax would be imposed at 300%, reflecting the unjustifiable disparity in land lease rates between domestic and foreign producers in Arizona. Arizona is leasing farmland to a Saudi Arabia company, which uses Arizona groundwater to grow alfalfa exported to feed cows in the Middle East. The state reports that the company uses enough water annually to supply 54,000 homes at an estimated cost to the state of more than $3 million a year. The 2022 election is drawing closer. Farm News reporter Chad Smith has more on the opportunity for U.S. agriculture to help influence its future. Election 2022 is an important time for U.S. agriculture and its many stakeholders to cast their votes. John Iverson is a past young farmer and rancher chair and Oregon farmer who says it's more important than ever to make your voice heard. I think if you look at Europe and what's happening with their fuel insecurity, imagine if that was food insecurity and food prices rising. You're relying on other countries for food. And even though we're not there in the United States, it could happen. It seems like agriculture is always under attack. And so it's very important to get people in office that understand agriculture and support agriculture here domestically. And with the Farm Bill coming up, it's really important that we help shape that farm bill to make it work for farmers. He says young people shouldn't be afraid to get involved in the political process because it's a lot like farming. Farmers plant seeds hoping they'll bear fruit in the future. The political process is no different. The seeds you plant today will bear fruit in the future. And I'd say for young people, it's very important because our timeline of how long we're going to be in the industry and trying to support ourselves with our farms is a long time. And so we want to make sure that the policies we set today will positively impact us down the road. If we have negative things going on right now, it just makes it more difficult down the road. So little changes right now can make big differences for us in the future. And so I think it's vitally important for young farmers to be engaged, know how the political process works and know their representatives. And that way, when there is an issue, they can go in the office and they already have that relationship built. He talks about where to go for resources on voting. Our state has a voter pamphlet. I'm guessing most states do. That's always a good spot to start and read and know what the candidates stand for. Two other really good resources is your state Farm Bureau a lot of times will have resources on candidates they endorse and support and why. But another really good resource is the I Farm I Vote page on the American Farm Bureau's website. It's fb.org slash vote. You can check your registration status. You can find out what district you're in, what candidates are running in your area. So I think that's a really good resource. Chad Smith, Washington. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. 
Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure. Be precise. Be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero. Superior Bees. Superior Pollination. The California Underserved and Small Producers Grant Program, or CUSP, aims to provide assistance to small-scale, socially disadvantaged producers who are facing challenges related to the current drought. The Asian Business Institute and Resource Center, or ABER, received grants from the CDFA and are currently accepting applications for the CUSP grant program until October 31st. Maddie Her and Yilang Lee are program specialists at ABER, and Chua Tao is a business specialist. They provide us with more details on ABER and the ins and outs of CUSP. Our organization is called uh, the Asian Business Institute and Resource Center. Um, to abbreviate it, is, uh, you can pronounce it as ABER. And um, our organization has uh, been around since 2009. Um, it started off with um, a couple of our founders. Um, they wanted to uh, create an organization that will provide um, TA uh, for Southeast Asian businesses and Central Valley. Um, as of current, our organization um, still does the same work. We have multiple programs that we provide technical assistance with to uh, small business owners and farmers in the Central Valley. That was Chua Tao. Next, Yiling Lee tells us more about some of the common impacts of drought they're seeing. You know, the drought has affected small farmers in multiple ways. Um, I mean, you know, with like the most common thing with that is like there's not enough water for a lot of our farmers to uh, to use. And, you know, like there's like other expenses that can't come of just even just having lower water, like um, uh, wells, if they have too low of a water, I mean, uh, it actually can overheat because it's using more energy to try to pump up water. And, you know, those wells aren't uh, aren't like adjusted to try to fix that. And because of that, like the wells can break down. It can actually like uh, it can actually like like break casings, um, uh, you know, and and just like fixes of those will cost like thousands of dollars. And I mean, um, another thing is like the, the P, their PG, a lot of our farmers PG&E bills actually um, uh, have, have increased because uh, with lower water and they have to, they actually take longer time using the wells just to get the same amount of water as they would last year. So, I mean, last year, like maybe uh, if they have if they have to use peak hours, they would probably use like maybe around one hour peak hour. But now, like they're using like as much as like four times the amount of the peak hour prices. And uh, comparative to last year to this year, just uh, just in um, some of the farmers in Fresno County, peak hours have almost doubled in price. So I mean, as you as you see, like they you know multiply it by two, multiply it by four, it could get like really ridiculously high. And um, yeah, and also like uh, in some counties, uh, like some farmers, they use like the city water to actually farm. And the city has, has um, as some cities, they have done like a, um, like a drought restriction off of water as well. And that just stops them from, from using as much and it also increases their electricity bill. So with the electricity bill getting higher and like the amount of water is getting lower and they have to use more just to 
it's it's kind of hard for our, our farmers like financially to pay for like a lot of their um bills and how the Cuscrat looks to address this is well this is kind of a short-term relief to uh, small and historically underserved farmers with and this is just to relieve some of their financial stress of, of those bills Maddie Hurt tells us more about CUSP and what kind of expenses are covered and who is eligible to apply for the grant. So some of the examples of a covered expense, um, uh, some of them, um, one will be uh, increased electricity uh, utility bill up to 50% or more due to, um, uh, yeah, so the, an increase of 50% and utility bill and surface water costs if increased from year prior, cost of hauling water for livestock, blowing at well pump if primary source um, of water is lost, and um, emergency upgrade to irrigation system, um, if not covered uh, through CDFA, OEFI program, or UCS, uh, USDA program, and for other emergency scenario, um, increased crop yield, crop loss due to less water available or having a fallow land. Um, for not cover, uh, we uh, cost do not cover like drilling new well or upgrade new, uh, upgrade pump to larger size, uh, which will draw more water. So uh, for the uh, eligibility, uh, family far farmers who are actively working the land or um, Portion of their income is come from the uh, uh, come from the uh, other they come from their farm business um, and are involved in a daily uh, day to day operation. Um, they are qualified and farmer whose operation make a minimum of five thousand and a maximum to, of two hundred thousand in gross sale annually. If um, if 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 is a new farmer or have like another limitations and cannot claim at least 5K and farm-based income, um, they can still apply. They just need to list in the application so we can um, um, so we can see that. But honestly, like a anyone can be eligible as long as a portion of the, the income come from their farm business. So for the uh, requirement document, I, um, I do want to say that uh, they have, if they apply, they do need to turn in the ID card um, and a lease agreement or proof of ownership of, of land and um, yeah, lease or, or ownership or land uh, document that represent any of the like uh, example expense that I mentioned earlier. For more information, interested producers can visit Aber's website and social media platforms or call the office at 559-402-0067, extension 107 for Maddie or 103 for Chua. This is Kylie Harlan reporting for My Ag Life.